0: Winning is an everyday mindset, and we're here to help. I'm Craig Robinson. Join me and Coach John Calipari for Ways to Win. How do you play? How do you work when you're not at your best? Coach Cal and I will share some wisdom from our time coaching, and we'll apply that wisdom to your off-court challenges. you got to win every day. Find the Ways to Win podcast anywhere you listen.
1: Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
3: The Detroit Pistons in the midst of the longest losing streak in NBA history. Some bumpy times in the desert for the Phoenix Suns. The latest on the NBA trade front and standout memories from the calendar year 2023 in our year in review. All of that next on the latest edition of This League Uncut. Welcome to
1: This League Uncut. In the world of 24-hour NBA news, this news, you lose. Chris Haynes, it's go time. Mark Stein, it's show time. boom saka
3: This League Uncut is underway and on fire! This should be a good one. Happy holidays and welcome in everyone to the latest edition of This League Uncut. I believe it will be the final edition of our pod in 2023. We're actually nearing our one-year anniversary. This pod debuted in late January of 2023. So when we get to the end of this episode, I suspect Chris Haynes and I will do a little reflecting on the calendar year that was, 2023 in the basketball world. We'll save that for the end. But I think tonight we're recording this on Thursday night. I think we have to start with the Detroit Pistons. The Detroit Pistons Mm. have lost 28 games in a row now. The longest single season losing streak in NBA history belongs to them. The longest of all time. They tied it tonight, but really the story of tonight is they went to Boston where the Celtics are 14-0 at home. The best home record in the NBA. And... The beleaguered Detroit Pistons. Cade Cunningham, by the way, is playing fantastic. He, the man is trying to end this losing streak. He's trying everything in his power to is end this Is everybody else
4: trying, <laughs> He Well, they might be trying, <laughs> but I don't know that
3: they're helping. And the, the Pistons, led by Cade Cunningham, they took a 21-point lead tonight. It ends up going to OT. Boston finds a way to win. The Celtics preserved their unblemished home record and the poor Pistons have now lost 28 in a row. That matches the longest losing streak in league history now because the Sixers stacked up 28 straight losses over the course of two seasons. I covered some of this in the solo monologue mini-essay pod on the Pistons that I recorded earlier this week. Chris and I have had conflicting schedules by all accounts his christmas hosting was a smash success no further incidents at the haynes household but we've both been on the run having trouble had some trouble getting our schedules to match and i think the truth is you know we haven't heard much from mr haynes about what happened last weekend in the big Sacramento rec league showdown that we talked about so much last week, but it's gone kind of quiet on that front. So we'll, we'll probably have to dig into that too. Cause I am getting the vibe that that did not go as planned. So I got into some of this in that monologue that it's just, it's become this thing. Now this game, a very grim game in the NBA throughout the league to look at that piston schedule and try to figure out where that next win is coming from Saturday night. They do have a home date with Toronto and the Raptors, have their own issues on, on January 3rd, they will go to Salt Lake city to play the jazz again, but they just lost to the jazz. When so many of their key guys were sitting out, they couldn't beat them in Detroit, January 10th. They play the Spurs at home. So they get a face off with women. but Chris Haynes, tell me what you're, we haven't had a chance to really discuss this. Tell me what you think, what you see, what you're hearing about the Detroit Pistons, 28 L's in a row. We've never seen anything like this.
4: Never, never have, never have. And I definitely didn't think this was, would be a close game. But, you know, those those who play sports, you know sometimes that um, a team has a tendency, uh, I would say a su- superior team has a tendency to fall victim to complacency when you're playing a team that you know you're supposed to beat or that you know know you're supposed to kill. And I think that's what we saw tonight. And Boston pulled – you know, they pulled through towards the end of the game. Detroit has some defensive mental lapses that kind of gave the game away. Uh, They were right there – the game was right there for the taking, for the stealing. So I will say this. So let me look at – let me go look at their schedule real quick. What makes it so dispiriting is –
3: when Boston decided they were taking the game, there was just nothing the Pistons could do. They had this yeah. huge lead. And right now Cade Cunningham, again, Cade Cunningham is playing really well and they just, he's getting very little support. It's a team with no confidence. And I mean, it is, it is an absolute crisis for them. I mean, they, I mean, that, that, what's so amazing about this Pistons team They came into the season, and you didn't believe me last week when I said this. You reacted incredulously when I brought this up before that the Pistons, they didn't trade Bojan Bogdanovic and they didn't trade Alec Burks because they thought, we need to have veterans because Cade Cunningham's coming back from surgery. We're going to be competitive. We're going to be in the mix, in the play-in mix in the East. And I mean, they are miles out of the the play-in mix in the East. I mean, we are... We are not even, you know, we are recording this on December 28th. And the Pistons are more than 10 games out of the play-in zone behind the 14 and 19 Chicago
4: Bulls. Mm -hmm. I'm going to go out on a limb. (laughs) I normally don't do do this, but I'm going to go out on on a limb. Detroit. Is winning its next game. Against the Toronto Raptors. Against the Toronto Raptors
3: at home. The 12-18 and Toronto Raptors, who just pummeled Washington. Chris Haynes. Do I have this right? Chris Haynes (laughs) is guaranteeing Uh, uh, (laughs) that the Pistons will win at home (laughs) against the Toronto Raptors in a matchup of teams that – You know, I know you guys want trade talk. We're basically almost to January. I know you want trade talk. So, yes, the Toronto Raptors are on that list of teams that we're looking at. What are they going to do with Pascal Siakam before he hits free agency? What are they going to do with OG Ananobi before he, if this plays out as expected, if he continues to resist extension offers and declines his player option and goes into free agency? Gary Trent Jr. can also become a free agent. What are the rap are the Raptors really going to keep all three of those players beyond the trade deadline without making a move. And then Detroit Tom Gores. And that's, that's, that's really one of the few, you know, and maybe moments of positivity is probably stretching it, but Tom Gores who's under, he's facing a lot of criticism and a lot of justified criticism right now. Last Friday, he did meet, over zoom with some local reporters in Detroit to try to take some accountability for this mess. And he said of his players blame me, support them. So he's, he's pointing the finger of blame at him himself right now.
4: Which is cool. Owners don't usually typically do
3: that. I mean, you know, yeah. I mean, there's not many owners who even talk to the media anymore. So Tom Gores did do that much, but Tom Gores in that chat with, with those Detroit based reporters said change is coming. So you know, what major change can the Pistons make at this point? I mean, you know, I think making some of these veterans available now, will they trade Bogdanovich, Alec Burks, Monty Morris? Will they make those moves? Um, you know, I don't, I don't see drastic change on the horizon. But that, you know, these two teams do have that in common. But like I said, Chris Haynes has, do we dare
4: say guarantee?
3: Is that what you're doing? I don't want. That, I don't.
4: That's what. That's what you said, Stein. That's what you said. I said I'm going out on a limb. I, is that? A, no, I, I can't guarantee. Going it, out on a limb. I'm looking. I'm looking at but Stein, I'm looking at the schedule. So after that Toronto Raptors game, December 30th, they're on the road for four games at Houston, at Utah, at Golden State, at Denver. Okay, it ain't happening in Golden State. It's not happening in Denver. Utah possibility. Rockets are hit and miss, um, but they're definitely better at home. I'm going to say right now there's urgency within the locker room of the Detroit Pistons, and I think they're going to try to ride the momentum that they had in making this game a close game against the Boston Celtics and get that next game against the Raptors.
3: I actually disagree and here's why. I think tonight was a perfect mm. illustration. They went into Boston, a team that's 14 and 0 at home with no one on earth expecting that they would have any chance of winning this game. I think I saw that the line for this game was in the mid teens somewhere. I mean, I think the Pistons were a 16 and a half point underdog at Boston. So there were no expectations tonight. And they played great. When they go home Saturday at home against a struggling Toronto team, I think that there's every chance they're going to be tight. And it's funny, Monty Williams was asked that question the other night after the Pistons took that clinching loss at home to the Nets. And Monty Williams himself said, quote, I was brought in here to change this thing. It's probably the most on me than anybody. The players are playing their hearts out. I've got to get them in a position where they don't feel tight or heavy, but it's where we are. That's the reality of the situation, end quote. And I just, my instinct is that they will be tight and heavy when they play Toronto because everyone's going to point to that game and say, they got a chance. This is one of the, it's one of the few upcoming games where they seemingly have a clear-cut chance. Maybe they should sign Chris Haynes to a 10 day after January 5th.
4: Yeah, that wouldn't do any that would, well, it would actually contribute to the this extended um losing period they're going through right now. I, I'm not going to I'm not going to uh put any illusions out there on people about my game. It it is what it is right now. I'm 42. I think I'm in tip-top shape for a 42-year-old at this age and still putting up buckets in a league, which features guys ranging from 20 to 35. And I believe I'm, like, number three in scoring in the, in the whole entire league. So I'm doing okay. But it's, it's the NBA. It's the NBA style. Don't do that. Don't disrespect these professional basketball players out there. But, again, that's why we play the game. That's why we play the game. And I think, you know, it's going to come to a halt. No team wants to be the team to give uh, uh, to help the Detroit Pistons snap that streak. But I'm saying right now, if they don't get Toronto tomorrow, it might not happen until shoot January 10th might be January 10th and January 15th will be their best shot. The 10th against the Spurs at home and the Wizards away. January 15th, like so, this thing can go long. Or it can end when I say it's going to end. And that is against the Raptors.
3: All right. We'll see. We'll see if that leads to any headlines. NBA analyst there guarantees
4: Pistons to <laughs> here, end streak. There we go. Can I blame the aggregators if they do that? Mm. Or oh, I, I, I got to eat that one.
2: Well,
3: I mean, you did say it. <laughs> <laughs>
4: So what people say in this climate, especially in the in the politics climate, people say things all the time, and and they claim that they didn't say it. Can we let's do that? Talk,
3: let's talk about something else. You well, you didn't say it. Something else you wrote that made some headlines. You saw the Phoenix Suns in Sacramento. You wrote a long piece about Eric Gordon voicing some frustration, and you had quotes in there from all of the major. Suns stakeholders I think you spoke to Devin Booker Kevin Durant and it sounds like Bradley Beal is getting close to returning but since you saw the Suns in Sacramento it's only gotten more tense including a Christmas Day home loss to the Dallas Mavericks with Luka Doncic putting on an absolute show and the Mavericks were not not at full strength, but went into Phoenix and, and beat the Suns. And I mean, it just, uh, the Suns have a lot of issues right now. And a lot of people have been trying to analyze the Suns body language for clues. And I mean, it just, this is a team that does not give off a great vibe right now. So I'm curious, you know, that's, that's me speaking from further afield. You had direct access to the Suns recently recently.
0: Tell me what you see and heard. Winning is an everyday mindset, and we're here to help. I'm Craig Robinson. Join me and Coach John Calipari for ways to win. How do you play? How do you work when you're not at your best? Coach Cal and I'll share some wisdom from our time coaching, and we'll apply that wisdom to your off-court challenges. You gotta win every day. Find the Ways to Win podcast anywhere you listen. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best informed business reporters
3: around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe.
4: Mexico will likely have its
2: first female president.
3: And then you have China.
2: And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters.
3: He got his yo-yos to Europe in time. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times.
2: With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
4: Well, you know, like you said, I, I spoke with KD, you know, chopping it up, checking the gauge and pulse of the team. Spoke with Devin Booker. Um, spoke with Eric Gordon and that was the game in which that game in particular they lost to the Sacramento Kings Eric Gordon had two shot attempts he was 0 for 2 and I went up to Eric because Frank Vogel in his post-game press conference that night he made a point to mention Eric Gordon that he needs to get Eric more involved and because I didn't even realize it at the point that he only had two shot attempts i know i know he didn't he didn't shoot that much but i'm like whoa okay let me go talk to eg because i gotta get it you know i gotta get his um i gotta see where his head is at um especially based off of what frank vogel just told the the media local media and so i got eric gordon to the side and um i i'm telling you i did not expect eric to go that to, to say what he said, this was part of um, Eric, Gordon's, Eric Gordon's quote to me. This is after they lost to the Kings, and he only had two shot attempts the whole game. Quote, early on in the season, it was better. And lately, there just hasn't been an emphasis to get me more looks, Gordon told me. So it's definitely different. Lately, I haven't been getting hardly any touches, really. Again, that I, I, I was surprised that he – it's truth in that, for sure. But, you know – Veteran guys, veteran guys, they know what to say, and sometimes when they say things, they mean it and, and they're they're doing it with a um they're doing it to they, they want to put it out because they have you know they, they have a motive behind it and sometimes players say it and they don't realize what they're saying until it hits print but i I think this was calculated um, it, here's a, a another portion of a a, a different quote by Eric Gordon, quote, no question. Everybody knows the type of player I am and what I'm about. I came here to win. But what I do is score, Gordon told me. And I think when I score, it really opens up the door for a lot of people because I can score in big games and in big ways. That's just what it is. So, uh, you know, that that and then it got worse. To, to your, your point, Stein, it got worse. and They lost to the shorthanded Dallas Mavericks, lost badly, and Luka went off and just did what he did. Now they did get that win against the Houston Rockets, and Kevin Durant had a great game, triple double, but you know, everything is still not resolved. Bradley Bill, like he's going to be back soon. Is he the missing link to this team finding some continuity and and you know just getting things back in order? I don't know. Stein, what I what I will say is is what I said during preseason. I still feel like the Phoenix Suns need a point guard. I still feel that way. You know, I know Devin Booker has done a phenomenal job uh, running that position, doing it to the best of his his ability. And I remember, again, when Chris Paul was there a couple of years ago, he wanted Devin Booker to handle the ball more, and it just didn't materialize in, into that. And now to see Devin Booker taking on those reins and the ball handling duties and decision-making, you know, he, he's – he he's done a really good job, but I still think you need a facilitator that's gonna get all of those guys in position to score and be themselves. I think they need that I think they need that position feel more so than just getting the big three back and then things rolling. I don't know if it's gonna be that easy.
0: Well, the
3: problem is that they just they've used all their trade chips to assemble this team. You pose the question, will Bradley Beals return? be enough for this team it has to be I mean this is their team they went all in to assemble this big three and plenty of people second-guessed it because in the new CBA in this new era I mean you got to get your top two right but I mean they are you know they went all in to just say we're going to pay whatever luxury tax it takes but I mean they have no depth and really, it looks like that's what's generating the frustration that this team doesn't have much of a bench. I mean, Booker, Durant, and Beale are going to have to be fantastic. And for starters, they have to be on the court. We still have only seen these as a trio. We have only seen the Suns' new super team trio for a game and a half, if that. I mean, in Frank Vogel, they have a coach known for defense and getting the most defensively out of his teams. But I mean, this group, you know, this team has so many issues. I thought the Suns were taking a risk with their approach when it happened. And, you know, the way this season has played out, they're a team that everyone around the league is looking at and asking a lot of questions because Durant is still, you know, we've, you know, LeBron James turns 39 on Saturday, the day after this pod, Goes out, but Stephen Curry at 36, Kevin Durant at 35. It's the same thing. All three of these guys are playing and producing at a level that defies their age. Crazy, but crazy. It's just not enough. I mean, even Kevin Durant and Devin Booker need help. And right now, you know, Grayson Allen. I think he's given the Suns probably even more than they were forecasting. But, you know, this is just a very thin group and deservedly a 500-ish team right now in a West that is stacked. As the calendar flips from 2023 to 2024, I don't think too many people were expecting the Suns to be scuffling for the ninth, 10th, or 11th seed in the West. And that's where they are and naturally i i think durant and booker had much higher expectations than a 500 start to the season what kind of vibe did you get from them when you were speaking to those two
4: you can um well book not so much but you can sense the frustration pretty much from everybody else in that locker room book has a um you know he's keeping his um I think he understands that if it's if teammates see panic in him, and I think he believes it can this situation can drift even further into what has been abysmal to this point. So I you know, he's done a good job of just trying to, you know, stay upbeat and stay positive and try to be encouraging and motivating. So he, he was he was like that with me and talking about this team. So you know, book is like he's really developing to a really good leader, locker room guy. Um, I like that. I like that that audio that leak during the game. It was um, forgot what game it was, but one of the players turned the ball over and and book ran back to try to contest the layup. The you know the, the player scored. Yeah, it was and the Dallas game. Bo- Chimesi Metu turned game. it over and okay. didn't get back. There you go. There you go. And he said you turn the ball over but can't get back that's what you that's what you do get get back get back and so you know I, I like you know little things like that man I like um, you know hearing players especially star players hold hold um, others accountable and not even only have to be star players just holding um, players a- accountable in general um, Deborah Booker is, is really a leader on that team but no, nah, you can definitely like in that locker room that night um, you could definitely sense the frustration and and look I mean you could just point to Eric Gordon. Eric Gordon is not usually somebody who speaks his mind in that nature. Um, He said it, you know, this is not what he expected. You know, there's other quotes in that story, but, you know, he said this is not what he expected, you know, when he, when he came on board and things are different from the way that they were playing early on in the season when the ball was moving and everybody was getting their shots. And so you know, just to hear him say that. And, you know, Devin Booker, the next day they asked him about Eric Gordon's quote to me. And he said, nobody on his team is taking this personally. So Eric Gordon's a leader, one of the leaders of this team. So they're trying to figure out ways to get him involved and, and get the offense moving. So it, it's a dire situation, but it's not something that they can't get out of. And I do. So I do expect them to get out of this. I don't know how high a seed they can climb up. But I, I I would be very surprised if they didn't figure this thing out and became one of the top five teams in the Western Conference. I mean, I they have to, don't they? I mean, come on. like they This is the situation they put themselves in. They knew they weren't going to be able to make any big trades or sign any big free agents. But Stein, when I'm talking about a point guard, I'm not talking about some high-tier point guard out there. I'm talking about just a floor general, you know, it, it doesn't even have to be a floor general that you would put in the starting lineup, but maybe some games that point guard will close, but it needs, a, it, you need somebody that's going to, that's a veteran that can bring that ball up, get everybody involved, just set the table and, you know, somebody that can, you know, catch and shoot. And that, that's what I'm talking about. They don't have that consistent, steady player of that caliber for that position on the roster right now. So I think you can find somebody like that in, in a trade somewhere. I don't, I don't know. I haven't, I haven't uh, identified. I know. I remember when they were trying to, you know, they really were trying to uh, look in, into ways of getting TJ McConnell over there in Indiana, but I don't think TJ is going anywhere the way Indiana is playing. Yeah. That, it,
3: it's interesting that you bring that up. Cause I think you're right. I think the Suns have been linked to TJ McConnell one way or the other for months But the Pacers, like the Lakers, have certainly wobbled to a degree since the in-season tournament. They have struggled to replicate their in-season tournament form. But this week, the Pacers have strung a couple nice wins together. And I think during that in-season tournament run, you could see that that group does have uh, togetherness and a good chemistry. And yeah, that was, you know, TJ McConnell was, you know, he had some, really nice moments in the Milwaukee game, in the in-season tournament semis to help the Pacers get to the title game. On one hand, people might've looked at that and said, oh, there's TJ McConnell increasing his trade value. But when I watched it, I had the same reaction you just described. The Pacers are going good right now. It's a together group. Rick Carlisle has come out multiple times this season and said what a huge part of the Pacers culture TJ McConnell is, even though he's playing limited minutes. So that's going to be interesting. It'll be interesting to see what the Pacers willingness is because that phone will probably still continue to ring for TJ McConnell, not just from the Suns. I'm sure there are other teams that would love to have him for his ball handling and toughness. So uh, I think you're right there. I mean, look in the West, 11 teams have kind of separated themselves from the bottom four. However, it must be said that the Grizzlies have been winning games since John Morant came back. So I'm not sure that the Grizzlies agree with that statement. When Ja came back from suspension, my feeling was at 6-19, they were too far out of it to make a rally. But they're 4-1 and one with Ja and, you know, the Grizzlies are as stubborn as it gets. I'm sure they think they can still fight their way back into play in range. they are five games out of the 10th spot as we're recording this. So let's say, let's say that Memphis can. So that would, that would basically give us 12 out of 15 teams in the West that are trying to make the playoffs. I think obviously San Antonio and Portland and Utah still would have their eye on the future. The Jazz are still one of those teams that I think most front offices around the league expect them to be very active at the trade line in terms of making their various veterans available. You've reported a lot about Jordan Clarkson. I reported earlier this week about Boston having interest in Kelly Olynyk. It would be hard for the Celtics to manufacture the contracts to get Olynyk in a trade, but you know they are monitoring it and keeping an eye on it and the Celtics obviously know Olinick well and other teams need size so there will Olenek, there will be interest in Olinick if you were making a list of players most likely to be traded i think it's fair to say that Kelly Olinick would likely be pretty high on that list the Salt Lake Tribune has reported Andy Larson has reported there that the Jazz are already open to John Collins offers just a few months after acquiring him. So the read on the jazz from other teams, I would say is expect them to be active and expect them to make moves. But, you know, let's see if Memphis can keep climbing up the ladder. But yeah, right now, I mean, the Suns are, you know, scuffling with the Rockets, the Lakers, the Warriors, all these teams are in the 500 range. And it's interesting. I remember having a preseason conversation with Chris Finch, the Wolves coach. And he said the West was going to be like this, this season, that all of these teams were just going to beat each other up. And we were going to have a nut. You know, he Chris Finch's forecast back in October was that we would have another season like last season where it's super jumbled up in the West. And that's exactly what's happening. And ironically, it's the Timberwolves coached by Chris Finch who have the lead in the conference ahead of the defending champions from Denver ahead of this very young and dangerous Oklahoma city team. But yeah, you look up and down the West and there is still a lot of parody. And last season, we only saw two teams in the West win 50 games. Are we going to see more than two or three in the West this season? not based on the paces that are being established here through the first 30 games of the regular season.
0: Winning is an everyday mindset, and we're here to help. I'm Craig Robinson. Join me and Coach John Calipari for Ways to Win. How do you play? How do you work when you're not at your best? Coach Cal and I will share some wisdom from our time coaching, and we'll apply that wisdom to your off-court challenges. you got to win every day. Find the Ways to Win podcast anywhere you listen. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed
3: business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe So as we reach the end of the show and as we reach the end of this year, this calendar year of 2023, let's shift gears a little bit and do a little, just a little bit of year and review talk because like I said, we are recording this on Thursday night and the pod will drop Friday and Friday on my Substack in print. I'm going to do a big year in review package. Basically, I posed the question to the readers. Tell me what was your favorite professional basketball moment anywhere in the world in 2023. And I really got an awesome array of personal, detailed answers. So I'm going to run a bunch of these Friday on my Substack. But, you know, I also compiled my own list. And look, from a historical perspective, a lot happened in 2023. LeBron James, again, turning 39 Saturday. LeBron surpassed Kareem Abdul-Jabbar as the NBA's all-time leading scorer in 2023. Joel Embiid won his first MVP trophy. Nikola Jokic led the Denver Nuggets to their first NBA championship after 47 seasons of NBA existence for the Nuggets. Jimmy Butler took the Miami Heat to the NBA Finals as an eighth seed. They went on an incredible run. Don't think we'll soon forget Miami eliminating Milwaukee in five games in the first round. San Antonio wins the draft lottery, wins the right to draft Victor Wembanyama. Mac McClung wins the dunk contest on a two-way contract with Philly resuscitating the dunk contest a little more recently in season tournament, the first in NBA history. I just saw Mark Cuban do something I never expected by selling a majority stake in the Dallas Mavericks, how we started this show talking about the Pistons and a 28 game losing streak. I mean, there are, there's a bazillion things that happened in 2023. That's only the partial list, but I'm now going to put you on the spot, Chris Haynes, and I'd like you to share your favorite moment from 2023, professional basketball. So none of your weekend rec league exploits count. You can't, you can't, I don't want to hear about 30 and 10 or 27 and 12 or whatever it is.
4: Those numbers do sound awfully familiar. Oh um, <laughs> I would say I'm trying to think what stands out for me on the basketball court talking NBA right now. I would probably well, say it,
3: like I said, it de- can be you know, you could go FIBA the yeah. World Cup, WNBA, anything you want, anything just as long as it's professional basketball.
4: I think um finally seeing Dame traded. You know, that was something that a lot of people never saw coming. Um he was always somebody that was against moving, but finally seeing him like at his wit's end and requesting the trade, seeing that through. Then yeah, look, there were that, some,
3: there were a lot of trades yeah. in 2023. We saw Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant traded in a span of just a few days, both traded out of Brooklyn Bradley Beal and Dame in the summer. And, and you know, it's great that you brought that trade up because that one absolutely shook the league. Seeing Dame finally moved out of Portland, it led to Giannis Antetokounmpo's contract extension. It led to Giannis Antetokounmpo's contract extension. In that trade, the Bucks were forced to give up Drew Holiday, who ends up in Boston. But the reason I'm so glad you brought it up is one of, my readers from Portland wrote an incredible story about Dame in this piece that I'm publishing later Friday, just about what it, what it's like to be a Blazer fan and to see him traded. But also he talks he has an amazing story from Dame's 71 point game. And so. Mm uh that's all i'm gonna say i hope you read it you especially i hope you read it because it was it was a really interesting fan perspective and you know he watched that 71 point game in a way that neither you nor i can so i'm gonna suggest to you now to keep an eye out for that later friday that'd be
4: cool i'll definitely check that out do you remember uh, what you were doing the night he hit 71 stun
3: <sighs> with my stupid memory i'm sure i should yes you Is should that- what do we call him? I don't remember.
4: We we got Chauncey on right after the game. On Chauncey's on Chauncey's ride on his on his drive home.
3: I can't remember the game. anything, man.
4: I, we, I was actually given we were given play by play during that game. I was like, Stein, stop it! You know, you were talking about something like Stein, stop it. He got sixty five, he just he just scored a three bit sixty-eight.
3: <laughs> well, and actually now you're you know, you also I mean, I'm glad that you brought that up too, because two major highlights for me in 2023 was the founding of this podcast, something you and I talked about for years, and it finally debuted in late January of 2023, and so we're nearing our one-year anniversary next month. But 2023 will be remembered as the year that this podcast launched, and I got to start a weekend radio show in Dallas on the NBA, the Saturday Stein line. And that, that leads to something that for me, I'm, I put this up there with anything that happened in 2023, even though it's silly in a lot of ways. And it's, it's a completely 100% personal thing. It wouldn't impact anybody else this way, but an absolute top shelf, Highlight for me in 2023, October, getting to interview George Gervin on my weekend radio show about his new book, and just to be able to visit with the Iceman with microphones and everything in a studio and talk to him. Like, I just think of nine year old me. What would nine year old me have said if somebody would have told? little Mark Stein in 40 something years, that guy whose basketball card you love so much, you're going to actually get to talk to him on your own radio show. That's dope. It was that's It really, it, it really like, you know what a nostalgic sap I am when stuff like that happens and I can't help it.
4: No, nah, that's dope. I would say, how can I, I don't know if I can match that, but I had never met Pat Riley before. Believe it or not. So 13 14 years in I haven't I never met Pat Riley until Miami's playoff run and I was doing one of their one of their games and Pat saw me before the game and back near the locker room and he stopped me and he was like hey Chris I just want to let you know man I love the job you, you do I've been watching you for a while man keep doing what you're doing I was like wow that's pat riley right there wow so uh was that the game by chance you wore
3: the white suit
4: it might have been it might have been because i I don't think i did too many because
3: somehow that picture somehow that in somehow in my review of 2023 i was looking back through some old stories and some old notes and somehow i came across the picture of you in the white suit on south beach
4: You know, I start to feel myself in in Miami. You know, you could just wear things. You could wear colors in Miami that you wouldn't wear any other place. And and you could get away with it. And so Miami, I always feel like home when I'm there. Have you ever
3: worn the white suit since
4: that game? No. Where, where, Where can I wear it? I can't wear it in Denver. L.A., maybe, but no. You can only wear something like that in Miami. Bright colors. White, like pink I wear, I wore a pink suit in Miami. You can't do that anywhere else. You can't you, you won't get that pass. If I Could try to want, pull some
3: I know you just did it, your family pictures, you couldn't have worn it to the family picture.
4: Uh if it was Valentine's Day, maybe <laughs> pink suit. <laughs> Valentine's Day or Easter. Pink suit, white, Valentine's Day or Easter. But aside from that, no. I went. We we were all black this time. You know, I had my black suit on. They had black dresses on. You know, we, we were good, looking good. But no, I mean, Stein is just you know, if I try to pull something like that off in L.A., Bron AD is going to get on me. I was literally going to gonna ask you, yeah, what would those guys say? Oh, for sure, they're going they're going to get on me. Like, that boy think he in Miami. Which, which what game you think you covering? They say something like that. You know, so they, none
3: of the Heat that, guys said anything. No, no, no.
4: Oh well, Haslam. Hazel did. He was like, "Oh, I know you glad to be here, huh?" <laughs> he looked. He noticed, <laughs> man, the OG right there. No, nah, he, he looked at my suit and immediately, said that. He said, like, "Oh, I can see you happy to be here, but uh, nah, there's there's no place like Mab. You can just get away with certain outfits and colors that you couldn't get away with anywhere else."
3: All right, I think we're gonna leave it there. We will say, save... "Hold on,
4: Stine. We'll leave it there, Stein. Hold on. I have. It's not a resolution. But there's one thing I want to see in 2024. Okay. Since it's the last pod.
3: You've already issued a guarantee. Now let's add a resolution.
4: I I, I wouldn't call it a resolution. This is something I want to see.
3: This is your post-Christmas wish
4: list. Go ahead. So, you know, Stein, when we're doing this podcast, we tend to make mistakes. or Sometimes we have to look up a stat. And so we'll pause the pod and producer Ryan will have to do what he does and Fix it and make it look clean. But as you know, Stein, producer Ryan, when we start our pod, producer Ryan, he blacks out his video where we can't see him. So all throughout the podcast, we don't know how he's looking. We don't know his facial expressions. We don't know if he's getting fed up with us because he blacks out his screen. Stein, for one show next year, I want producer Ryan to have his video up the whole time, how how about that, Stein? What do, what do you think, Stein? Or oh, you don't want to see it? You might I don't not re- see no. It.
3: I don't. I actually <laughs> don't know why we can't just see him the whole time. Anyway, I'm sure there's
4: some sort of technical reason. I think like, he's not there. I think he actually leaves and goes to tend to his wife, and he's listening. Like I think he's listening within a you know within a ten foot radius. That's what I envision.
3: Do you want to explain yourself, <laughs> producer Ryan?
4: Producer Ryan, what do you do? Are you, are you actually sitting at this chair, at this desk the whole time? Of course. Or
3: are you just, are you just throwing course. things because we're so. 100%. Bad?
0: You got. You guys are too much. All I got to say is if that's the only thing you're hoping for in <laughs> 2024, my, the, that sad,
4: really, <laughs> is the
3: saddest wish list in podcast history. <laughs> you got to
4: really low that's bar, all I, man. I've always wondered. I'm like, what a producer Ryan. I wonder how this – is he turning red now? Because this is the 10th time we to stop stopped the pod for a phone call to look up a stat.
3: <laughs> to get a pizza because someone's at the door with a pizza. <laughs>
4: Oh, we acting like producer Ryan don't got things to do.
3: Was that a contender for best moment in professional basketball in 2023?
4: When in one of those early
3: pods, the doorbell rang and you had to go get the pizza.
4: Yeah, yeah, that that was pretty yeah, good. I, I wasn't. That was pretty yeah, good. That, that was my bad. I wasn't used to potting at that time of night. That's time I usually eat at that time. But I got together. We haven't had any any of those issues, you know, moving forward. But that's that's, so, that's one of, that's, that's true. That's one that's I want to see. I want to see producer Ryan. The whole show. The whole show.
0: Ask and ye shall receive. (laughs) The only reason Uh, I do it is because the podcast is about the two of you guys having great NBA conversations. You don't need to see me over here fiddling around, taking notes, listening along. But if you think it'll help you and make the show better you got it,
4: my friend. It has nothing to do with making the show better. I just want to see you every time we have to stop the pod. I want to see your reaction. I want to see if you're like, damn, again? Like, God, stop it. Leave me alone. Just talk and get through with the pod. That's all. That's all. All good. Hey, consider
0: it done. (laughs) At least one time (laughs) I can make that happen for you in 2024.
3: All right. Hopefully, we are going to promise something a little more exciting than that in the new year. But for now... We are going to sign off this league uncut, putting 2023 in the books. Hope everybody out there is having a great holiday season. We will be back together again next week. The next time we do this, the calendar will indeed have flipped to 2024 and we'll be moving into really the six-week run-up to the NBA trade deadline on February 8th. So lots of good stuff to come here next year. We can say it next year on This League Uncut. Please remember to rate, review, and subscribe to the pod at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your pods. From Chris, from Ryan, and I. Happy New Year. We'll be back with you again very, very soon.
1: And that'll do it for us. See you next time. This League Uncut is an iHeartRadio production. Boom, shakalaka! Chris Haynes and Mark Stein!
0: Winning is an everyday mindset, and we're here to help. I'm Craig Robinson. Join me and Coach John Calipari for Ways to Win. How do you play? How do you work when you're not at your best? Coach Cal and I will share some wisdom from our time coaching, and we'll apply that wisdom to your off-court challenges. you got to win every day. Find the Ways to Win podcast anywhere you listen.
1: Listen to Locatura Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.